You're listening to You're listening to the Clubcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi there. Hey. Welcome to the Collabcast. It is episode 171. <laughs> we've lost track. Y'all, we've reached, that, we've reached that level. <laughs> it is Friday, June the 29th, 2018. It is the last Friday of June. So hope ah. you guys all had a great June. <laughs> Summer has officially started. And we are here at the Collaboration Office Studio. Uh, my name is Marvin Yue. I'm Minji Chang. And never mind. <laughs> and with us joining us for this episode of the Collabcast is our guest, Mr. Matt Amadale. You heard his sweet, sweet voice Hi. leading us into the episode. Hi. That was your song, Dumb. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that was. Hi. Oh. There he is. You know, it's, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's it's been like what a good over a year now, and I'm still not used to hearing it. Yeah. Still not used to playing it. And I'm still dumb. <laughs> well, this this <laughs> podcast has been going on for about three years now. And I'm st- surprised because we were looking back at the list and we've never had you on and we've known you for a long time. Yeah. So Posterous. we apologize sp- deeply. That's fine. <laughs> I was like thinking about it on the way here. I said, do I have any like specific memories with Marvin and Minji? And the first time was collaboration DC, DC yeah. 2011. And 2011. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I knew Matt back when he was a fresh faced baby boy with cherub. Well, you Clean saw arms. me in 2010, the first yes. year no when tattoos, I auditioned. Matt? Yeah. No tattoos. I was probably still straight. and um, <laughs> No beard. Were you, though? No beard. Fresh face. Uh, in the closet. <laughs> and uh, no tattoos, no piercings. You know, I yeah. was still prepubescent and all that stuff. A respectable DC boy. Yeah. 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 Fresh face. A clean little Asian boy over in DC. No big deal. <laughs> and then Minji, I just uh, first time meeting you, I just thought about curtains. Just, oh yeah, yeah. That was fun. That was such a fun <laughs> night because your first time, first time meeting you, or my first time meeting you, I'm just helping you decide what curtains look yeah, good in which, your living room. Which get which curtains to put right, up? Right, right. We had Matt on for our uh, green room series. It was yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, to yeah. play because Matt had just um, moved to LA. He was mm-hmm. in San Diego for a while for school. Yep, at our alma mater, UC San Diego. <laughs> Tritons. <laughs> No one knows what that. No. I, <laughs> I was at a coffee shop once, and uh-huh. I was wearing like a UCSD Tritons hat, and they're like, "Isn't that like a fork?" Oh god! And I'm like, "No, that's a trident." Oh my goodness! Triton, a tri- culture, a triton wields people. the fork, mm-hmm. and also fathered Ariel, the Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. I always bring that up whenever somebody doesn't really understand what a triton is. Yeah. Just like. Ari- like Ariel's dad. Like Ariel's dad. So, so, son of Poseidon. So is is the <laughs> official mascot of UC San Diego Ariel's dad? It is the Triton. Yeah. The or Triton? Mr. Triton. Mr. Triton. You know, used That's to, what I was going to say. One of, the options, one of the options when they were choosing it, fun fact, was a koala. It would have been the UCSD koalas. That is adorable. Because UCSD is filled with eucalyptus trees. That is adorable. I would have been down for that. I would have fully supported that. Yeah, I look like a koala, so I might as well just <laughs> kind of... Lean handle, in. Yeah, I lean yeah. into the whole brand of it. Yeah. That works, right? I could have been like a walking mascot. You're that like, kind of I'm works. I'm on brand, you guys. <laughs> I'm on brand. I am a koala. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk to Matt about his journey from those early days in DC mm-hmm. to now making music in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, we'd like to ask our guests when they join us, um, what are you into right now? What are you watching, listening to? Oh. Anything you want to share? Uh, okay, so I'm, I've been obsessed with Queer Eye. I watched an episode. I don't watch anything. That's, yes. I've been obsessed with Queer Eye. I just watched the whole season two on Netflix in like two days. I watched oh, wow. one episode of season two and that's a lot for mm-hmm. Minji Chang. It's mm-hmm. true. It is wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I, I, I love how 
Uh, I just love how culture the Fab Five are, and I love how you could t- totally see the kind of people that were nominated. That their opinions have t- completely changed about you know just being so open minded to uh, five gay men that they probably would have never encountered in their lives, and you're they're just so grateful for them. So <laughs> the whole story, I'm just all about. I'm a sap, and then I just start crying, and I look ugly crying. And- I was totally moved by the the first episode of season two is about a town called Gay. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, mm-hmm. it, not Atlanta, near like out in Georgia. Sorry, oh, the first I, episode was what you watched. Yeah. Oh God, the with feels. Mama Tammy. Uh-huh. <laughs> the feels. Oh my God. See, I have not gotten to watching Queer Eye yet. I, 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 I didn't watch it when they first, like the first iteration back in like what 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I did watch. Yeah, I did watch it back in the day too. It was just super fun and mm-hmm. like. It just it's so entertaining, mm-hmm. and I honestly can't remember. But the, I don't know what how they reconfigured it because that was for a different network. Now it's for right. Netflix. Yeah, right. Yeah. How has it changed? Because back then it was more like, look at these quirky like gay guys make over like a straight dude. Like it was queer for straight guy. Now it's like in today's climate. How is yeah. that like? I think they just completely modernized the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The, they modernized Updated the whole it. culture. Yeah, and like uh, you have a certain people that help out with the style and how it's so modern now with the style and like bomber jackets and how to tuck in shirts and all that stuff. And <laughs> important uh, info. And go watch what is the this show. Tucking shirts. Like, <laughs> like the, to watch this the half tuck in and all for that the stuff. Love of God. <laughs> and then like it goes to with grooming like with facial hair and how to part your hair and all this stuff and Mm. how to just make sure that you take good care of yourself but the one thing that they do like to enforce is that if you because these people that were nominated they do well for others but how can they do well for others if they can't do well for themselves Mm -hmm. if they can't really have that confidence so they like to kind of help bring the confidence out of them by making them feel good by having them look good and you know when you see that it's pretty uplifting and it's pretty cool it was it was honestly like i was literally eating chicken soup but it was chicken soup from my soul (laughs) and it was really uplifting and it was highly entertaining. I mean, Mm -hmm. just because of all of the the ways that they talk is just like me, like how I'm talking to my girlfriends, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. honey, Mm Stop it. Oh my God, yes. Literally, you know first who of you're all. Talking about. Yeah. And the, the, the whole hand gesture. It's just, it's so funny to watch and it's great. And I don't know. I also am just really a big fan of Anthony and Karamo and mm. they're just really pretty to look at. They are. So pretty. It's so sucks. pretty. <laughs> it's, well, I mean, you have a shot. I don't know. Like, it's not fair. That's true. That's true. They don't know who I am, but they could. <laughs> at least you know they're not, they're not <laughs> looking in that podcast. direction. Yeah, they're not looking in my direction. They're just like criticizing my hair, <laughs> which I'm like, I'm sorry. I have a mm-hmm. lot of split ends. There's a reason why they're not pescatarian. <laughs> <laughs> but, the th- but the funny thing is, I think the reason why that show gravitated, like, I don't know what kind of mood I was in that day, but I was just like, I think this would be really good for, like, my soul and mm-hmm. my psyche. Because mm-hmm. this whole world is, like, bringing me down. Mm-hmm. And it was really good to watch, like you said, different people mm-hmm. who, like, would probably never meet these guys otherwise mm-hmm. get to spend a significant amount of time and to, like, have conversations. And these five guys that they know they know what they're getting themselves into because they're these people that have never encountered them. And they're like, look, we're about to do this. Like, I don't care if you're about to think that I go to hell. Like, we could, you could tell us that we're going to hell, but I'm still going to make you look good. Yeah. Like, we're all going to look good while we go to hell. I'm <laughs> looking fabulous. <laughs> At the list before definite, I don't know, dramatization. Damnation. <laughs> so it sounds like it's a, it's a feel-good show, right? Oh, it is. It yeah. is. Which is important because, you know, the world is so, like, not feel good at the moment <laughs> you kind of need you need you need distractions yeah. and you know sometimes you just need something light and fluffy to like yeah. get you through the day exactly like me light <laughs> and fluffy <laughs> <laughs> makes complete sense <laughs> well let's talk about matt hey and um we first met matt and myself um at collaboration dc mm-hmm. um like 20 that's like eight years ago yeah so yeah 2010 well, yeah. Was ridiculous yeah, and that was the first year that collaboration was ever. Um, it's the second year, second year in DC. Yeah, yeah, so I auditioned the twenty. I auditioned the first year. I remember okay. it too. I've been following collaboration since I started right. becoming a. It was twenty eleven when we met. I think. Yeah, twenty eleven because that's that's when I moved to DC for grad school. Oh, okay, yeah, and then yeah. I lied. Your Maryland, yeah, yeah. your Maryland years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I auditioned for collaboration in twenty ten because I have been following collaboration for a long time. Oh, I've been honored. Yeah, like when I. I think 
I first heard about collaboration like I was like 14, 15 years old. Oh, and I was like, oh my god, I see all these music videos, I see all these YouTube. little thing, YouTube videos, and all that stuff. I'm like, I want to be a part of this. And then <laughs> I found out that Collaboration DC was having it. So then I auditioned. Um, it was so funny. I had my mom drive me at this time. And, <laughs> um I re- specifically remembered that the audition was over in College Park, Maryland, mm-hmm. um, over at University of Maryland. Yeah. What did you wear? Um, I don't know, but it was probably something really ugly he's like really really regretting <laughs> <laughs> this was like teenage awkward Matt. Yeah. yeah 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 mad awkward i was super quiet um and just kind of a little quirky and then 20 i didn't get in i remember getting the email saying that i didn't get in i'm like damn well maybe yeah. maybe there's a reason why i didn't get in so then i auditioned 2011 and then and you got um, the call i got the call yeah i remember email if you're not call. in call if you're in that's yeah. that was and then yes, I remember it getting was. The no one wanted to make all those calls. Like, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I just remember crying, though. I remember crying <laughs> when I got the call. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Because I've never. Let's let's be real here. I've never really like got into something, you know. And um, I just being able to audition and to work hard for it. Because I remember I had to do two auditions. Mm-hmm. And uh, the moment that I got that call, I'm like, Oh my god, mom, dad, I'm actually in something. <laughs> and it's gonna do so well. And this was like right after where like one of my videos blew up on Tumblr. <laughs> and it gave me like some little bit of internet fame. And I was just like, oh my god, my life is going great right now. And <laughs> yeah. then I got into the meeting. I met everybody else and mm-hmm. uh, did a little photo shoot. And I remember this photo shoot was like two, three days after I had my wisdom tea taken out. So I oh. couldn't talk. Oh, no. Were you puffy still? No, I okay, wasn't. Okay, good, good. But good. you couldn't really tell because I was already puffy to begin with so but oh Blend, God, it blended whole, oh, thank you did it contour but it did blend yes um <laughs> marvin's like what no, i'm just trying to remember because i'm pretty sure you had a full hawk back then right i did i had a so, faux hawk so you wore that like <laughs> like goody two shoes little my glasses DC were boy. very were very small and rectangular no facial hair i had a faux hawk with a tail I had a little mm. tail. I try. I tried to incorporate like an AJ Raphael style with a Quest Crew style, yes. <laughs> and I was like, "God, what the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's such a blessing in this generation that you have these people to then be inspired by to fashion your. I know AJ still up. gets like he still gets thrown off the wall when I told him like when I tell him I used I look up to you. I still look up to you, but I used to look hardcore up to you when I grew up. <laughs> and like, what? he's like. Well, let's talk. You're making me feel old. <laughs> well, let's talk about um, baby growing up, Matt. Um, when did you start um, getting into music? In the fetus. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I did your mom play music? Did you have at Gloria Stefan rhythms going to get you? Mm-mm. Okay, Ooh, no. It was more of like the Carpenters on top of the world kind of love. Stuff but <laughs> um, no. So I started singing. Technically, my mom always said two, so I'm just going to believe that I started singing since I was two. Um, but it was it was more of like a karaoke Filipino kind of style. So, but that's um, like the foundation of all things. It was the foundation. It was just karaoke. My dad used to be a part of a band, so my dad was to, <laughs> used to sing a lot. Um, and then my mom, she just went with it, and so she all she had a very soft had she still has a very soft, um, very nice tone to her. So I just remember like growing up uh, with just plain old karaoke and then um i got into choir at my church um i got stage fright and then there was a (laughs) point in time where i didn't sing for a minute uh because i went to because you know about dc i I was born and raised in like the projects of dc so i went to an all african-american school and um i remember doing the talent show and i was like singing this singing more than words by frankie J up on stage and then like i had this fedora and i looked like Cute. mad adorable but because I, it was in a day and age back then when being a singer was also deemed as mad gay and was it now yeah so i remember getting mad bullied i was bullied i was being called the f word i, I was know. being called like super super gay and how old were you i was like i was seventh grade so i think around like you know, I was just Middle getting in Middle school children. They're so the tough. Worst. Yeah. The mm-hmm. worst. I do think that the worst version of Minji was 7th and 8th grade. <laughs> I <laughs> want to go back We've been and over this. Minji her. was the bully in her school. I had a lot of... Not the bully. I think there were objectively, like, empirically, there were worse girls than me, but I was pretty bad. Mm. Like, I would be lying if I was like, I was so nice to everyone. No, I wasn't. 
God, no. I remember in middle school, I was that guy that tried so hard to try to fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, I even had cornrows. Thank God. What? Thank God there's no picture of that. Are you sure? I'm so sure. <laughs> and I had like freaking the little puka shells at the end too. <laughs> you at the end of your cornrows? Yeah, at the end of the cornrows. I was that guy. And then I just, but it looked gross because I had like a really round shaped head. And <laughs> I was just, just kind of looked weird. Kind of looked like a raisin. And... I just, you know, high school is the time when you're supposed to like try explore. Yeah, you, yeah. You're, you're trying to be a grown up when you're not really grown up. Yeah. So no, you know, no one's shirt, no one's like suit ever fits at the date. That's the, the or part anything. that frightens me the most. Is like I recall the mentality of like how grown I was convinced. <laughs> I was convinced I was, you mm-hmm. know, and that's like disturbing because it gives you all sorts of authority in your own mind. <laughs> You've like self empowered yourself out of sheer insecurity and, and you fear. feel invincible and you yeah. feel like that you could take on the world to like literally go forth and fuck up people's lives like <laughs> yeah, that's some that's some really dangerous yeah you know yeah that's a dangerous mentality so i yeah. thought that was me and I, I it's not that i don't regret it because i if i regret anything that i did in the back uh, in the older days i mean i wouldn't be the person who i am today yeah. so mm-hmm. i like to think that i live life with no regrets good no so, regrets no regrets yeah. but other than that um after i've gone through that whole seventh eighth i didn't sing for like four years i really? think from like seventh to tenth grade i didn't sing i even joined a choir at school but it was super intimidating so i went into rotc and <laughs> okay i know two different spectrums um yeah. and then i think around my junior year was when um that's when i got in tuned with like aj and gabe and all these youtube stars it's how did you discover that though like was it did your friend share that with you or did you like just sit on i'm so curious i mean it was like the youtube wave and like especially like the filipino youtube wave. yeah for sure and i'm curious like how that spread though like i'm curious like was it you were on aim because that probably wasn't your thing but like i was on aim oh my god aim was my thing back in the day but um i remember specifically how so i don't know if you've heard of this dance crew uh i remember it was on season two but they're uh, called the Boogie Bots. Have you yeah, heard of them? I've heard of them. Yeah, so Michael, Girl, I watched ABDC like crazy. Yeah, so Michael and Joe are my cousins. Okay, and um, they're of really course. He's like I'm a Filipino singer. My my cousins are dancers that were on ABDC. Don't underestimate the Filipino Entertainment Network. I do right? not. Right? I am being reminded. <laughs> and then I just remember, but they're really cool, cool. Like they're really close with my sister, mm-hmm. and they invited her to one of their shows over at, at a university show, and she uh, ran into Gay Bondock. And then um, my sister's like, look, there's this guy. Because I had learned the, I learned to play the guitar at 14. So mm-hmm. from 14 to like junior year, I'm just like learning how to play the guitar. You know, I'm at this point, I'm going through like my um, boys like girls. And I'm going through freaking, um, <laughs> what is that? What are they called? But it's just those emo days of playing the guitar, you know? Yeah, 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 and yeah, then yeah. Um, she introduced Gabe Bondock to me. And then I was I, a teen. I know emo. Exactly. <laughs> my chemical Bart, romance. Yeah. That's, that's all him over there. And then Why uh, is she, the world so sake? <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to like Brian McKnight. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I grew up on that though, but yeah. I just, you know, I kind of deterred away because I got this guitar. I'm over here thinking like so one minded, maybe I should start playing like rock music. And then, yeah. and then you were full of angst. Yeah, mm. all of a sudden. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I just remember Googling um, Gabe Bondock off of uh, this new thing called YouTube back in the day. And I was like, oh my God, this guy is so good. And then I started learning his style of guitar. And then next thing you know, uh, it tethered, uh, that was tethered to AJ. And then it was tethered to Passion. It was tethered to Lee J. And I'm like, oh my God, there are people that look just like me. And they're all and um ever since then that's when it kind of was just a gateway to collaboration and yeah. then it was a gateway to getting onto a show and it was well, cool and now you are here <laughs> now i'm here well, what, what always stuck out to me especially in those early days when, uh-huh. was that you were one of the few like there was there's a lot of guitar people mm-hmm. right but you were the one of the few that actually wrote your own music and wrote your own songs mm-hmm. that that we met and that was always like were you were you writing your own songs when you were Learning yeah. the guitar? Yeah, I was writing my own songs. At, like, when I first started at 14, I was starting to write my own songs at 14. Okay. And um, they were really cheesy. Like, I still have a book with all of my old, old songs where one of them was uh, called PB&J. Um, cute. It was cute. I didn't really like PB&J. And I think the song was very hateful <laughs> towards PB&J. Oh. Yeah. So one of the, the, unno- like the lesser known PB&J It's PB&J the PB&J emo song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're like screaming at PB&J. The angsty, the angsty mm-hmm. one. 
Mm-hmm. So salty and sweet. Mm-hmm. And then I started trying to go into the Christian route, like because I was a part of a church. And I was doing music for the church too, so I went and wrote uh, a good couple of Christian music. And then I'm getting older; I'm going through puberty. And then next <laughs> thing you know, I'm just like, you know what? Maybe I can write something a little bit more secular. And so, yeah, I just so I guess you could say I've been writing music since 14, but professionally, I've been writing for the past like three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're a good songwriter. Like, yeah, that's the interesting thing with collab. We've met so many different types of talent. Mm-hmm. Right, because like we'll we'll see different people who have like a phenomenal voice, and like some of them, I'm like, man, I feel like you're an okay songwriter, but great voice, and I wish you could like work with a songwriter, like mm-hmm. kill it, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, but I think you like, I was really impressed by the originality too. I think I remember that being one of the first things I thought when I saw, I was like, wow. It's not just like, like, obviously by default, like he's talented, he can sing, but like <laughs> oh, it sticks when that. I could sing along with their songs pretty quickly. I'm like, that's pretty great i remember when i auditioned for the la showcase and um i chose dumb to sing and uh that was actually different out of my realm because i had just wrote that like three weeks before and i was like you know what fuck it let me just try it out real quick and then next thing you know it's become like this baby of mine that (laughs) everybody knows it's kind of like a little anthem yeah yeah no 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 joke when you play it live in front of like the community people sing along Yeah. yeah Yeah. I yeah. saw it like at the open mic. Yeah, about a couple weeks ago, and yeah. not a couple weeks. It was like a week ago, and that was like, <laughs> let's be real, no sense of time. <laughs> um, I know I'm Asian, I'm Filipino, <laughs> Filipino time. I still came late, and so, um, yeah, that is it's something cool. I'm trying to still build up the foundation of like getting to that point where I can be, um, in that part of my life where people can just sing along to all my songs, like hands down like i can just stop singing and then pull a beyonce and be like y'all want to sing the song for me but question yeah. for you though What's up? so like do you have specific song because i know within the asian american community and within the you know artist community there's always people that you pay attention to especially if you're a creative yourself you're mm-hmm. like oh that so-and-so's like great actor i'm i want to write this that person should act in it like mm-hmm. for me in my film world right mm-hmm. Would you like? Are there specific writers that you would want to like write a song for you that you'd want to collaborate? And have you asked them? Oh my god, yes. Yeah. So I, so okay, I like to think of it two ways. Like the the kind of songwriters that's already in the business. Yeah. Um, I really want to work with Ryan Tedder. Um, yes. and I really want to work with obviously like Megan Trainer and Bruno Mars. You know, Sean Mendez. Even I think they're amazing songwriters. Um, but within the community though, um, I got a chance to write uh, or to work with Paul Date, mm. and um, I don't know if you know Jesse Barrera, yeah. um, but he's actually the house that I'm sta- I'm house sitting for, and uh, I really want to work with him. We've been talking about wanting to collaborate on a song right on a song to write together on and i really want to work with aj and i want to work with um, work with travis yeah i you know travis what Travis is a great songwriter i know i admire his songwriting and so i you know i would love to try to work with these people and it's not necessarily even just because you have to kind of differentiate that i've known in la now you have to differentiate two types of people, the people that really care about it and the people that are doing it for the money. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I can honestly say I just genuinely care about it. Like I want to be able to work with these songwriters. I want to be able to see like their creative process. I want to see where do they go when they have to feel this way. I want to see how vulnerable they can really be and how to put it on paper. Like the money aspect to it personally, it's just a bonus. I think the most rewarding to me is being able to help somebody like create this mm-hmm. bomb ass track. That's like, Oh my God, we were able to write that and then if it gets big it gets big but at the end of the day like this is a song that we wrote there was some place that we had to go to write it yeah and that shit's admirable to me to be honest yeah and you took time and emotion and everything to Mm -hmm. put it together and you can't and when it comes to writing songs like you can't get that you can't relive that experience because each song is completely different Mm-hmm. Unless if you're just mediocre, but I mean, there's no such thing as a mediocre songwriter. I like to think that even if you're just beginning, that's like your testimony. That's where you're going. So when I work with like basic songwriters that are just starting out and they're over here apologizing, like I'm sorry if this sounds corny, I'm like it doesn't though because that's where you went. That's where you had to go to write something like that. We can work on it, and there's a, a bunch of growth, but you this is from you. Yeah. So yeah. I admire that. Coming up next. Matt talks about going to school in New York, San Diego, and shares his coming out story. 
This podcast was brought to you by Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond. You can learn more about Collaboration, our programs, and our upcoming events by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. Yeah. So, after DC, uh-huh. you moved to San Diego uh-huh. for school. Uh, well, you studied. I went to New York for about a year. Actually. Did you? Ooh. Not a lot of people knew that. I oh. didn't know that. Yeah. So I went to New York for about a year. In New Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So when I went to San Diego, I only went there for the last two years. Right, right. I went to Juilliard for about a year. Oh, wow. What? I I did not know that. All I remember is is running into you at like an event in D.C. and you telling me, I'm moving to San San Diego for Mm -hmm, school. mm -hmm. Uh, So I went to New York for about a year after I graduated. I graduated in 2011. and I was there for about a year, and I hated it. Really? I hated Juilliard. Uh, I tell people, like, I've never felt so alone in a place that I really wanted to be in. Wow. Um, it was just super competitive, you know? Really? So oh, yeah, competitive. Yeah, they out there to win, man. Yeah. They're like, like, from what I've heard of, like, these, like, conservatories, you're just, like, you're in, like, a dark room in the hallway for hours just mm-hmm. practicing. Mm-hmm. It's like coding, except... Music. But art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm like thinking of, um, like right now I'm envisioning like Black Swan. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So there are departments for that. Uh-huh. But for, because I went there for voice. Mm-hmm. And so I, like you just heard people doing scales, like up the butt, just like kind of <laughs> going off and off. My roommate is just kind of like playing, you know, the scales on the piano and just singing along to it, how da 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 da, sort of thing. And I'm just like, shut the, f- like, shut <laughs> up. I just want to freaking sleep. <laughs> shut up. And then, like I just I wanted to stick it out for a year. I just wanted to be like you know I hate it. I I, I realized that I hated it after my second semester, and mm-hmm. then I was just like let me just stick it out for a year, just so I could say I did Juilliard for about a year, and then I got out and I moved to DC. I went to a community college back in DC, and mm-hmm. then that's when I met you. And, okay, um, that's when I moved to San Diego. Oh wow! Wow. Mm-hmm. Wait, so when you got to Juilliard, did you have to you had to audition and all that stuff? For that, mm-hmm. so I got into their music program. Um, I got into the senior music program from my junior to senior year. So that summer, I was in New York, and Damn. then that kind of just, you know, right. gave me a gateway to go yeah. have an automatic, you know, um, acceptance to Juilliard yeah. after school. And you studied music in UCSD as well, right? I did. I double majored in music and journalism. How did you? Because I took a music class at UCSD, and it was weird. Yeah. Um, so. San Diego is known for like its arts programs are all experimental, oh. mm-hmm. so it's a lot of weirdness. That's a, yeah. that's a great euphemism for. <laughs> I took <laughs> a weird. I took a class. I took a class called contemporary music. Uh-huh. I thought it'd be a oh whole modern God. music, but no, it was like my final was listening to this recording of someone recording an event mm-hmm. for like two hours, mm-hmm. and then write how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> was this a graded title? Yes, or is this pass not pass. I got a B. Because I was too technical. What? Because <laughs> I, I like I, I played j- in jazz band in high school. Like right. I, I know basic like music theory. Right. Yeah. And they're like, this is too too theoretical. I want to know what you feel. Wow. <laughs> I was made for that class. <laughs> uh, like, I, how long do you want this? <laughs> a, a whole blue book. Yeah, I, it's gonna go into the patriarchy and some <laughs> dark places, man. Oh yeah, just after the like vent. After the sixth minute of just hearing the same vent is when you start feeling the dark yeah. hole in your heart. In your heart, it's like it's like random, but also the same. I, I, that's is that place, what you wrote? I don't, I don't remember. That's I need. Place I think we have we, to go. Yeah, I think we need to dig up uh, Marvin's blue book and find out his exact thoughts about this event. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I will understand you more as a person, Marvin. I think that it's vital to our friendship. But how long of event? How long of the recording was it? It was like a couple hours. It was really long. <laughs> it was super long because the, the entire session was three hours. So you're listening to. So you couldn't write while you were listening to it. You listened to it and then wrote, I or listened write, as you wrote. You listened as you wrote. Wow. It was. Did it change tone Look, at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure that's what I was supposed to write it about. It pitch about one hour and 45 minutes into or like, it. What's you the, had to listen. What's the intent of the artist? Pay attention to detail. What did they find in this event that was so interesting that they wanted to share? Did you fall asleep at all? I totally fell asleep. Okay, yeah. yeah. I would have totally fell in, fall, fell in, fallen asleep. <laughs> English, can't English. I would have fallen yeah. asleep, too. I would have fallen asleep. I was like, <laughs> I should have taken the Beatles class, which I heard is also really hard. What is it? Um, there's a there's a class that you studied the, the Beatles music. Oh, yeah. We yeah. Had, that's, that's the best part of Berkeley. Is like they had all these students. They had a whole <laughs> program just for like students to run their own classes. And mm. it's called Pass Not Pass. And it fulfills different mm-hmm. 
th- but it's like only one unit or something oh. or two units. But mm-hmm. it's like you can make us make a class about Tupac, and it fulfills like American mm-hmm. history or American lit or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. studying his lyrics. And mm-hmm. I was like, freaking amazing. <laughs> I did take a cold films class, which I think leads to my like general general enjoyment of even the worst films because I'm able to like see the good in a lot of them because uh-huh. um, a lot of terrible films were shown in that class right but um no but you were actually a music major so yeah how was i've always wanted to know what that was like so it was super competitive and um i it was like a scholarship program Mm. so i think after out of like 60 people that applied i think only 20 people got in oh uh so and it was paying for my school so Mm. i had to make sure that you know my grades are my grades are good i had to make sure everything was all good there was a lot of pressure so um it was cool ish like it was just Kind of, they wanted us to sing different things that I didn't really understand. <laughs> um, and then it was also the kind of music that didn't really have a steady melody. Mm. So I didn't really understand all of that either, but I still had to kind of like bullshit my way through. Yeah. But um, do you still feel like there was value in what you learned, even though you had to be? I mean, because like I try to reconcile that all the time with my college <laughs> education. Right, right. There was value. I still like. I do. Yeah. Okay, good. So <laughs> after like the first, so the, um, so. Our uh, semesters are by 10 weeks. Quarters. Or quarters, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so after the first quarter, it was like all that BS kind of work. But the second quarter was when things got interesting. So then uh, that was when they were giving us specific pieces based off of our range and based off of our tone. And we had to perform these pieces. And we had to have an uh, like make it original, do an originality to it, Mm -hmm. uh, because... It was not just voice technique and vocal theory. It was also about performance and how you were able to deliver the performance. So I remember giving um, pieces from like Josh Groban to freaking Michael Bublé to freaking German leads to (laughs) French songs. And uh, the one thing that I could have gotten an A, but I actually got like a B on it. And I mean, that's B is like pretty much the Asian F at this point. Um, It's college, so it's fine. As long as you don't flunk out, you're you're okay. But it was I Dreamed a Dream. They gave me I Dreamed (gasps) a Dream. And... I was like, oh my God, you think that I'm, you think I have potential to sing this song? I'm flattered, but why? <laughs> and um, I did my best. I kind of be. My mm-hmm. voice cracked because going through puberty, I have late blossoms. And yeah, so, I have late blossoms. <laughs> <laughs> Can you write a song called that? Late, late blossoms. blossoms. Oh yeah, talking about like how you just lose your virginity at like 25 years old. Yeah, it's a late fine. blossom. It's fine. <laughs> this is a no judgment zone here. Yeah, no, safe no space. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I just remember that was it. Um, did my last two years. I didn't really have a college experience at UCSD, though, because I was so um, focused in school because I didn't want to not graduate. So yeah. And then I was babysitting my niece and nephew because my sister had moved to Camp Pendleton. And so she was letting me stay there for free as long as I took care of the kids. And so I was taking care of these one and three year olds and then to cover your living costs and to, then you're trying not to lose your tuition yeah by keeping up good grades so was this also about the time when you were starting to like get in touch with your sexuality and things like that like, well, yeah because you're yeah. saying like when you like you're you were straight back in the day because <laughs> when, when we last were. met in dc i think you were still not out yet no i right? wasn't out i remember yeah. coming out in 2012 <laughs> oh okay. yeah i came out in 2012 and i came out through a tumblr post on oh, wow. uh in june no it was June 2012, I think it was also Pride Month, and it was National Coming Out Month, and so I was like, I'm going to fucking do this. So, um, How long have you been thinking about that? Oh my god, I thought about it since when my first ex and I had broken up. I was tired of us being in a relationship and being in the closet. Yeah. Mm. And it was actually really bad because I was so petty back in the day that, side note, I outed him to his parents. <gasps> I know. I'm not petty anymore. How do you I feel swear. about that? That's some major shit. What? How did he handle that? Because, uh, well, we don't talk. <laughs> we don't talk. He don't talk to me. Kids are no. mean. Jeez. Yeah, because he had like, de- he he like straight up did me dirty, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He cheated on me and like, I was about to propose to this man. Like, I. How old were you? I was like, like. 18? I was going to say, were you like 14 and you're like, I was going to propose? Yeah, 17, 18. I was going to propose. I was like madly in love with this guy and he cheated on me and everything was just a mess back in the day and that was also a partial reason why I had left because Mm. it was just so much stuff going on in my life that I felt like I was able to get, I was given the opportunity to kind of use it to run away. So I ran away from my problems and uh, thinking about it now, I was trying trying to persuade myself 
thinking that I wasn't running away. Like, I'm just choosing this opportunity to better myself. But now I'm like looking back on it 10 years later, uh, 10 years later. And I'm like, I was running away. I was. And when I'm like, I never looked back and I'm fine. I'm chilling. So yeah, 2012, I came out of the closet. I started realizing my sexuality in 2010 though, Mm -hmm. um, was when I had first talked to this guy and, um, it's funny. He was a best friend of my best friend, but she was having a crush on him and she didn't know if he was gay or not. And then that's when I interceded and was like, look, let me try to be friends with this guy so I can find out for you. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, I'm getting a crush on this guy. He's getting a crush on me. And my best friend is just like, what the heck? This is like, oh, that's so heartbreaking. That's yeah. like the ultimate, like, can you help me out? Oh. We did go, and I did go through a bi phase too. I used to think that I was bi because I still had feelings for like this ex-girlfriend that I had. And, uh-huh. Um, next thing you know, it just kind of escalated. Um, I went through the whole relationship process and then I just kind of went through my first pride and I'm like, oh no, I'm, I'm gay. <laughs> so for you, it was later on though. Cause there's a lot of like, I have friends who are like, oh, I knew since I was like four or five or whatever. And I had crushes on boys or like on the girls. People can know really right. early, but like for you, it was like in your, in your teen years when like high school. I think I've accepted it. I think okay. I was trying my best not to revisit it. Mm-hmm. When I when I was in like mm-hmm. in high school, mm-hmm. um, because my sister always told me she like immediately knew I was gay from the jump, and she told me that, and I said why? She was like, well, apparently when I would sing Spice Girls, um, <laughs> on karaoke, when all of us sing Spice Girls, I know, but apparently I was doing the movements, like I was doing the dances, and then my sister said when we had to run out the apartment, I would grab her heels rather than grab shoes, and then. <laughs> My sister said that I was trying, she put makeup on me and she, she said that I enjoyed it. And I'm like, you're making it sound like that I was a cross dresser back in the day. <laughs> and then she's just like, no, I just, I, you know, I had fun. And so I convinced myself I was straight. I was in church and I had to, you know, I grew up in a very strict Catholic household, <laughs> going to a very strict Catholic church and, um, convinced myself that I was straight and then had all these girlfriends to try to prove a point to try to keep myself relevant. And the next thing I said, F it. Yeah. This is me. And so yeah. I've gone through some crazy, crazy stuff, you know, but I'm chilling now. I'm like, <laughs> it's me. I'm fine. But now my mom, like, not my mom, my sister thinks it's so funny now. Like when I came out, she goes, Oh my God, I've always wanted a little sister. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, Oh my God. Shut up. <laughs> and then now my mom is I like, yeah. <laughs> and then my mom goes, oh my God, I have two daughters. <laughs> I, I'm i curious, like how, if you went from Tumblr, right? Because like Tum- there's like this whole process of like people coming to terms with different parts of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like even the fact that this is not the same level in any way, but like me deciding like or realizing that I really did want to be an actor, right? Mm -hmm. To me, it was like, I knew this was going to rock a boat. Mm -hmm. And so I personally went through a thing where like I was telling, not even my friends, I would just tell strangers. Yeah, I would like come up with like, you know, I'd meet someone on the BART train or something or Mm -hmm. like a coworker of a coworker that I wouldn't know. And then they would ask me and be like, oh yeah, they're like, well, what do you do? I was like, oh, I work at a tech company, but I really want to be an actor. Mm -hmm. And I would start off by like telling people that had no that had no personal stake in mm-hmm. or it's had no personal stake in me. Is that what Tumblr was for you? Like, I feel like it's just like kind of a safe space. Cause you're, you're not okay, worried so, for judgment or like, so it was condemnation. crazy because I started following, I started following profiles that ran by gay people, like gay men and so, on Tumblr on Tumblr. Okay. And then I just kind of, kind of led myself into it. And then, um, I found out about this thing called downlink, which is the gay Facebook. And downlink, yeah, okay. down with an e at the end, and um, you knew these people were gay if they put down with an e at the end on their profiles, and so I was like, oh my god, this is really mm-hmm. cool. And then you're giving, you're, you're giving away all the. I don't care for like ten years now. Now we have it, downlink evolved into grinder. That's pretty much what it is. So. Evolution, guys. Evolution. It's now mobile. Downlink was just... <laughs> Downlink was... Oh, okay. It's actually funny. Downlink was the friendster of... For oh, game okay, 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 okay. You know, like, 
It was just kind of like everybody kind of getting close together, and then um, it was it was our Asian Avenue before. Yeah, yeah, before yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what's cool? But what was cool about it was that I was following like the the gay Asians on Tumblr. The, the funny thing, gay Asians on Tumblr, the community is so so tight that everyone knows each other online, and everybody is mutual friends with each other online. Um, I've been in through. I've been in some like. Sh- Straight up cyberbullying and straight up cyber beef on Tumblr through the gay Asian community. And you were on the receiving side of bullying, you mean? Or I was. I was on that. Um, I mean, I at this point, back in the day, I was like, oh my god, I thought I was when I was getting the cyberbullying and the cyber hate comments. I thought I was doing something right back in the day. I was (laughs) like. Oh my god, I'm doing something right for you to think that you're, for you to take the time to go onto my page and put anonymous and say that I'm trying too hard. Hell yeah, I'm trying too hard. I'm trying too hard for you to notice me and it's working. Like <laughs> Thank you for proving me right. Thank you for keeping for putting my name in your mouth and making me relevant. So I was thinking about that back in the day and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm getting it." But then it got personal when people were talking about my personal life and then uh-huh. it got personal when uh I wasn't out yet, but people like in the um, that I was going to church with, and people in my neighborhood uh-huh. started lurking on my stuff, and then that's pretty much how everything came into fruition. Because I officially came out. Fun fact: I officially came out in 2012, June 2012, mm-hmm. but I was outed in March. Wow! Oh, from you know? Tumblr, from people who had looked up your stuff yeah. online, I, and I was in a relationship still, and so my I, my boyfriend at the time was feeling so much pressure. And he kind of like pretty much broke up with me because even we had a bunch of mutual friends and we were looked as best friends in the eye, but we were dating secretly. Uh-huh. And then our mutual friends were hitting him up like, hey, did you know Matt, like Matt's gay? Do you know if Matt's gay? And then <laughs> kind of just went weird from there. Damn. I know. So there's a three month period in between the time you got outed till the time that you came out. You mm-hmm. decided to like take ownership of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I did just- you come out to your parents then? <laughs> so my dad just uh-huh. found out last January. Oh, damn. Mm-hmm. My dad just found out last night. It's a little later than 2012. Right? Um, <laughs> my, mom found out in tw- my mom found out in 2011, my second day of senior year, um, when she found a picture of me and my boyfriend at the time. Uh, like, he was kissing my cheek on my, face- on my uh, laptop. And my mom's like saying, Nino, like, because my name Nino back then, or still Nino. And she's like, Nino, can you come in here? And I'm like, yeah, what's going on? What is this? <laughs> and I'm like, what is what? Oh. oh. And I'm like, oh. And my like heart sunk. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. And my mom's like frazzled. And I'm just like, it's just super, super quiet. Because then my mom was supposed to take me to freaking school that day. So the whole tr- <laughs> car ride was quiet. I don't and know how to handle I'm like, mom, I'm, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm bi. You know, I'm just, I'm just, maybe, I'm just thinking that I'm bi. And she was like, what do you mean you're bi? Go bye bye out the house, and I'm like, uh-huh. what? And I'm like, it was just like, never mind. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And then next day, I'm getting a text from my sister. She was like, yeah, mom just called me. I'm actually upset, and I'm like, oh, that I'm bye. Or she was like, no, I'm upset that you didn't tell me. And I'm like, <laughs> true. And so, true. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it took a minute though for my mom to really accept it. And um, it was a funny process, and I will never get over it. My mom like sat me down. And she's like showing me a picture of a cousin of mine in the Philippines. And she's just like, This is your Koya JR. He used to be a gay. <laughs> but with the power of Christ and holy water, he is not a gay. He is with his family, with the wife, and he's happy. What about you? I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm fine. I'm chilling. Mom, no. What? And so it kind of just. That was a really funny time in my life. Yeah. Yeah. How long do you think that took then from her? Oh, I think it took like a good six months because uh, we talked about my sister. I really think my sister, she kind of like put everything into perspective for my mom because I was such a troubled kid. Um, I didn't know how to communicate things to my mom. Mm -hmm. So my sister was like helping me out. And my mom was like, look, I don't strict Catholic and I don't approve of it, but I am accepting of it because you're my son. So Uh That's the only thing. And it's crazy because she's like, like, I'm a first generation, you know? And yeah. so to hear that from like your immigrant parents, it's like who grew up back in the day yeah. where it wasn't perceived to be like 
a normal thing. Mm. It's like, oh. Well, still even amongst their friends too. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they can, and even they can come so far. My friend is dealing with her parents, like dealing with all these things, and they're very accepting of her. Mm-hmm. But it's again in their peer group or even their relatives, like it's different because mm-hmm. they can have that view and that acceptance and mm-hmm. that open mindedness, and that doesn't guarantee everybody around them is going to be right. Obviously, right. That's about anything in this world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's yeah. pretty much my. That's pretty much my story, and is it my coming out story was not. It was very um, supportive. Uh-huh. It was very very supportive. So I'm I'm blessed to have a uh, a great coming out story, but I will say that it wasn't the smoothest coming out story because everything was just everybody started knowing at different times. So I kind of that coming out story was just to solidify the rumors right. to kind of validate the fact that what you heard is true. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, I'm just letting you know now from my words, from my post on Tumblr, I am gay, yeah. you know. And um I look back at this post till the till this day and um I I don't think I'll ever forget that post. It's kind of like a letter, you know. Um, and I still like have it on, and I remember posting that link on Facebook, and then it was just started to kind of go down with like so much positivity and like little things. Like I was a youth leader, and people were like, "So if you're a youth leader, how are you gay?" And I was just like, "Well, if you're ugly, why are you here?" Like that's what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> the clapback, <laughs> always. I was always telling I need Matt to be my personal clapback assistant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That could be that skilled. could be a business. You should start it a could firm, be. professional clapback. There's so many people who need your services. I would, I would definitely give it, but I also get really intimidated by people who can clap, who can out clap back me. Um, true. So it's like, but that's only how you get better too. That's true. So it's like a clap battle, like that's an out, like a yes. clap back battle. Yeah, so and there's if it's no not for you, anymore. it's on behalf of someone else. Sometimes the stakes are a little lower because mm-hmm. it's not like they're hurting you. I don't think I could do it though because I could get mad petty, and I don't want to get into that realm ever again. Like I will probably <laughs> pull out like some really bad bones from my closet if it's somebody that I know, and I will probably be like talking about like if you're talking mad crap about me, I will probably bring up like oh well you cheated on your wife, what's about that or something like that. <laughs> okay, and so I don't think that would be safe. That would not be safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's not be dangerous. I'm aware of my situation, and I know I am dangerous, and I'm going to put myself in a low closet. That's why. Witty wit has its, you know, it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you understand, Minji. I do. Yes. <laughs> We're going to take another break. When we come back, Matt shares more about his experiences with the music industry in Los Angeles. You're listening to The Cloudcast, and we'll be right back. This podcast is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian-American-hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from around the Asian-American community. If you like listening to this podcast and want to find more, uh, check out some of our other great programs, such as Books and Boba, First of All, and Saturday School, among others. Learn more about The Collective by going to the website, www.podcastpotluck.com. So much more I want to talk to you about, but we're, we're running out of time. I wanted to touch on, because you had a brief um, brief experience with the music industry when you first moved to LA, too. I did. I did. Uh, I was able to work. I don't want to put their the labels out there, yeah. but they were they're very very known labels that are that sign to our everyday you know artists now to this <laughs> day that we listen to, and um, yeah, I was able to work with them. I was able to uh, kind of get a full experience on how the whole music business works. The only thing that sucks though was that. They never really signed me because, and this is my first LA experience ever, they didn't sign me because I was Asian, because they didn't think I was marketable enough because I am fat and I didn't have the body image. They thought I was a mediocre singer and they said that my songwriting was okay if I had a little bit of practice and... They're like, we can give you a ghostwriting, you know, ghostwriting position, you know, for really? like five years. I said five years. I think I can go pretty far within the five years if I were to manage myself. So I denied that. And um, I was super close to like getting an album and I was super close to working with this label and um, to have that kind of like ripped away from me and the experience. And I remember it to this day, I was in the CEO's office and my A&R was right here and he was talking to the CEO was talking to my A&R as if I wasn't in the room, but talking crap, like saying, well, I'm, I'm just not comfortable putting money into somebody that I don't believe will give us money. I, I mean, 
what he doesn't have any he doesn't have the followers he doesn't have the numbers to back him up he's not he doesn't look confident he doesn't have the the look he is asian like what can we market with an asian guy you know and like how can we do this and how can we do that and i'm just chilling right here, third in party, front of you and i'm like yeah like straight wow. up in front of me and i'm like oh my god this is like taking candy from a fat baby and i'm and punching the baby and punching yeah. the baby and punching it and so it's just yeah, and I think ever since then was when I was like, I'm done. I I can't do it. And shout out, I'm just going to put a little plug, but for Bosia, thank you. Mm-hmm. He's actually helped me out with making the decision of this whole thing. And um, We yeah. love you, Bo. Yeah, did, we love you, Bo. What did he tell you? Um, Bosia, of course, is a past uh, well, guest on this collabcast and a very well-known poet and mm-hmm. talker. Powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was Bosi and Lady B. This is when mm-hmm. I was going through this when I had gotten introduced to the whole Armite community and mm-hmm. so and the We on the Eighth community. So we then, uh, he was just telling me like, look, if they don't like you for you, you really want to think about if this is something that you want to do because that's what this industry is about. And when he said that, I was like, you know what? Like, let me think about this real quick. And then for some reason, I was just like, I can't do it. Like, they're going to treat me like crap. You know? Like how... I, I like to think of my happiness before I like to make money. And why would I want to um, degrade myself and strip my, you know, genuine personality and strip anything that's me just to make money for somebody who doesn't really know who I am? Right. And so I was just like, I can't do this. And the moment that I told Bo, Bo was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you made the best decision. And I was like, what, 20... 23, 22, 23, like just moved to LA, hasn't been a year yet. And like to get the validation from a guy who has all the validation for himself because Bo is so talented. I look up to this guy also because he has such great stage presence and everything. Uh, to get that Tony like, Award winning poet. And he's been through whatever. the system, yeah. 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 And so I'm just like, you know what? Okay, you're right. You're well, right. I mean, we talked about this too. And then like my, my, you know, dabbling in, in acting and whatever to understand the industry and then understanding the industry from our collaboration standpoint right. of like talking to marketing agencies and to talk to a lot of different people that are on, that are involved in it, but they're not necessarily the performer. And then me being the performer, I still think that there's room. It's really interesting because your ego, your talent, like your soul is so much at stake mm-hmm. that it can be really hard to hear anything that invalidates that to Mm -hmm. say like oh what you did was not good enough Mm -hmm. and it's fair because they're allowed to have their opinion be like i've been rejected out of like that's mainly my job is to get rejected out of auditions yeah and to understand why i'm not right for that part either i didn't show up prepared Mm -hmm. i didn't know my lines and there's a lot of times where i would like blame like oh it's just because like i'm still asian girl i don't fit their like idea how do i a how do i even know that because like i've been through that process of collab i'm like that person just wasn't right for this show or it wasn't the right vibe or they're not quite ready yet like mm-hmm. we have all these reasons like why somebody did or did not make the mm-hmm. cut and we can't sit and like talk everybody's through like mm-hmm. our decision making process so i feel like it is a place like a sensitive place for asian americans to have our identity be so on the table like yeah. that. And it's honestly, it's totally valid if that's the reason and it can be the reason and there is racism mm-hmm. and there are people who are very short-sighted mm-hmm. and stupid. But at the same time, it could also be like one thing, like maybe I'm totally the right part, but I didn't know my lines well enough. Like mm-hmm. it's it's very sensitive because mm-hmm. you don't know what to take as like the truth mm-hmm. Or if someone's just being nice, or they're just like leaving information out. Yeah, I. But like, you have to be true to yourself. Is what is still exactly. I feel like if they, if one of the, if one of the reasons is I don't know how to market Asian person, that's on you for not being good enough marketer. Right. You know, I was talking to uh, some of my. Uh, pretty much, I was talking to some of my white friends, and they were like, "Well, maybe you should lose a little bit of weight, you know? Maybe like maybe that will help you." And I'm like, "Have you ever thought about the fact though that it's because I'm Asian?" And they're like, "Oh." You know, that makes a good point. I'm like, let's be real here. Like, there, what can, name me one Asian artist that has won a Grammy, you know? Right. And that... Um, well, we cannot claim Bruno Mars, but... You know, like and then that's... I told them that. I'm like, they were like, well, isn't Bruno Mars like half Filipino? I'm like, yeah, but... He has a whole machine behind him, though, too, right? That, and he doesn't look. Like, he doesn't... He's mm. very brown. I think he... I personally think he looks very Filipino. The reason why I gravitate... I saw him at Wild 94 Night Summer Jam, and I was like, <laughs> who's that Filipino guy? What the... What the you know? Yeah. And like... So yeah, I mean, like I, 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 I like back up what you're saying, and also I feel like that can just be fuel to like, okay, well then I'll be more myself, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And what we we're saying, even back to what we were first saying about queer eye, it's like 
what I learned out of that is like what they were saying to mama, to mama Tammy and things like that. Mm-hmm. I very much resonated with like all the things that they are like trying to shake her into. Like you're doing all these things and like you're trying to meet all these other expectations and mm-hmm. do all these things for everyone else. You, it does matter to like feel good in who you are. Mm-hmm. And I just quote, I'm playing devil's advocate here because I see it in myself too as an right. actor. What I'll use as a cop out and mm-hmm. what is an actual valid thing. Mm-hmm. If they're saying like, yeah, it is hard to market an Asian. Objectively speaking, it is. And it's all a lot because they're not taking risks to market Asians. So it is partially on them, but it's also partially true. So it's like, I get where like, I don't fully like blame them, but also I'm like, then that's a, you could call them out and be like, then take a freaking risk. Exactly. But if they're also giving you other feedback on like, we wish you were a stronger songwriter or whatever, maybe honestly, and I don't question that because we've heard you, mm-hmm. but it's like for me too, when they would say, if there's someone critiquing my actual skill, mm-hmm. I would also take that in consideration. And I just see it in other people. I've seen this in collab mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, they just don't like me because I'm not poppy enough. And I'm like, no, because you forgot your own lyrics. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So it happens. I'm just saying, putting this out there because we're having this discussion. Like, or you know if you can't hit that note don't see mariah exactly right you know? right like you know what i mean like and that's why i have respect for you matt because you took that with grace and you learned from it and yeah. you're just like i'm gonna learn from this whole experience and validate i got into that damn room and mm-hmm. i was this close and you can either focus on that little tiny space where you didn't cross mm-hmm. that boundary but you weren't there because it wasn't vibing with you to begin right, with right Right. It was a validation point, but it's not like you would have been super happy working right. with these people who don't get you, who wouldn't take a risk on mm-hmm. you, who wouldn't invest in you. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, all right, bye. I like to think of it as like I dodged the bullet. Yeah. Now, like three, two, three years later, I dodged the bullet. And now I'm like super happy. I don't care if I'm a bartender server. Like I work six days a week mm-hmm. at a restaurant and like I'm fine. I have my availability. I have my flexibility to still songwrite, you know? Yeah. And I'd rather take that than to like slave myself for something that I don't love doing. And the one thing that I don't, and I will always stand by it. Some people will always, it will probably, um, will probably think otherwise, but I don't care about the money and I don't want to work so hard in music that it makes me lose my passion for it. Yeah. Like at Juilliard, everybody was working so hard and I saw myself that if I did that, I would have not loved to sing anymore. I probably would have not loved to play the guitar anymore. You'd probably pick it up and resent it. Yeah, I don't. And so that's why I'd rather do, I'd rather be in control mm-hmm. of what I'm doing with my career because I know that I am putting something that I love rather than having somebody dictate it and I'm just going to be c- completely suffocated at this point. And you become like the puppet. Yeah, yeah. And I am, I will say I'm a walking staple and I need some, and I just want somebody to have faith in me. And mm-hmm. I feel like I have faith in myself. Granted, as an artist, we do feel insecure and we need sometimes that validation to feel like that we're going somewhere. Right. But I also have to remind myself that I'm, I'm chilling. Like I'm fine. I'm a walking staple. I am Asian. I don't have the LA body and I am gay. I have tattoos and what makes you think that I can't be any more diverse than that? You know? Like, what the heck? And you're talented as hell, and you work really hard, and you, like, care about the music, Mm -hmm. so... I got some Gucci and Louis Prada eye bags under my eyes, like... (laughs) Gucci gang. Gucci gang. Mm -hmm. Ooh, gang, 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 yes. All right. (laughs) I can't do it. I can't roll my arms. (laughs) Well, good luck on that journey. We look forward to following you for years and years and years. Thank you. Thank you. Um... I guess before we wrap up, if people want to find out more about your music mm-hmm. or listen, where can they go? Uh, so they could go on the dark web. I'm kidding. You can go on... <laughs> down with an E. <laughs> you can go on downlink with an E. Kidding. Um, you can find me on facebook.com slash Matt Almadel. And I always have to spell this out because nobody really knows how to spell my last name. So it's A-L-M-O-D-I-E-L. Plug. And um, yeah, search it up on Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, Snapchat, um, grinder Matt Amadell. Grinder. <laughs> I had to sneak that in there. Do you have any shows coming up? Um, no, no. I I'm taking a break right now from music okay. for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the only time that I will perform is if it's for community. I was telling Manpreet, I was like, <laughs> I will do this for you. So <laughs> thank you. Of course. So I'm kind of just taking a break. I am releasing a single uh, nice. in the next two to three weeks. I just did a photo shoot for it. Cute. So that's going to be fun. It's going to be a completely different mat that you have not seen. And and so, yeah, no shows coming up as of right now. And 
Yeah, just keep a lookout. That new single, I'm probably just going to drop it. I'm not even going to promote it. Just going to drop it. You're going to just like... Pull a Beyonce and yeah, just yeah. drop it. Yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, because I've been sleeping. I've been sleeping on everybody. It's like sleep paralysis up in this status right now. <laughs> Ooh, sleep paralysis in that status. That Ooh. rhymed. Yeah. Ooh. New song? No. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, as always, you can find the Clapcast on Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, give us a nice rating review on iTunes if you get the chance. Uh, contact us at podcastatcollaboration.org if you have any feedback or just want to say hello. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you, Matt, for Thank providing you. this episode's intro and outro Thanks music. Very much. <laughs> the song Thank you is for having me. Dumb. And it is yeah, not dumb. Gone. It is beautiful. It's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming. Um, thanks so Thank much. Thank you for having me. Okay. And we'll see the rest of you uh, next time on the Collabcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. You probably thought I was delusional. You messed me up real bad. You left me mental. Whoever thought that I would be coming back into your arms, your arms, you left your minds apart. You play me bad, real bad, and you some cheap shit I never thought that you would be about the lane But you're clicking on me, maybe you must think I'm